0: Hello, and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast, where we tell the stories of local business owners, artists, and entrepreneurs, and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski.
1: And I am Kimberly Regalinski.
0: And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a magazine that helps to showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on most streaming services such as Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and others. You can learn more about us at Keep It localmaine.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube through the links in the show notes. In this episode, we'll be talking with Maine designer Alice Yardley. Alice is a contemporary handbag designer based in Portland, Maine. While working as a high school art teacher for about eight years in Atlanta and New York City, she developed her love for leatherworking, color theory, and design. When starting her company in 2018, Alice used her relationships with local upholstery and leather shops to repurpose leather pieces into unique bags. A portion of her work continues to be made with repurposed leather, and she is extremely passionate about it, contributing to the sustainable and zero waste movement in the world of fashion. Each handbag is thoughtfully created into a one-of- a kind design handmade by Alice herself in her studio/ shop in the Washington Avenue black box shipping containers and Now, a quick word from our sponsor. Weather is getting warmer and it's project planning season, which means you should call Maine Commercial Contracting, your locally owned choice for residential and commercial services in Southern Maine. They'll be there for that new driveway, walkway, or excavation for your home and for your business with parking lot paving, road milling, heavy hauling, and competitive commercial pricing. So when you need your project done right and on your timeline, get a hold of the company with the appetite for excellence and the skills to see it through. Call Maine Commercial Contracting at 207-391-0540 for a free estimate or find them online at maincommercialcontracting.com.
1: Welcome to the show, Alice. We are so glad to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I am so excited about this podcast because we get to talk about really nice Really nice accessories. And I was, (laughs) anytime we get to do that, I'm excited. So tell us. Wait a minute.
0: How come come you're not saying that I'm excited? Are you trying to say that I'm like anti-accessory?
1: Well, you know. Because I'm not. Okay.
0: I'm I'm pro-accessory. I just don't think we have the same accessories in mind.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bags are for men too. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So you were an art teacher for eight years before you became a designer. What sparked that and how did you navigate that transition?
2: Yeah, I was an art teacher for a really long time. I actually was a math teacher oh, wow. um, before that for a couple years too. So I became a teacher, I became a math teacher right out of college at 21, 22, through Teach for America, mm-hmm. um, just because I didn't really know what I wanted to do out of college. I had an art history degree and unlike all my friends with business degrees, I didn't have a logical next step and companies coming to recruit me and stuff like that. So I um, I went to an interview with Teach for America and really kind of fell in love with their pitch and, and everything that they brought to the table and their motto that all sh- children should have access to a quality education and mm-hmm. Closing the achievement gap and things like that. So it was really inspiring for me. So I thought, okay, it's just a two year commitment. So they placed me teaching eighth grade math in Atlanta. So I did that for two years and then thought, "Um, I'm probably going to want to do something in the arts since that's what my degree was in. So Mm -hmm. I applied to a high school in the Bronx and I started an art department there. So I kind of planned all the courses and also was the only art teacher. So I taught every one of those courses too. So I taught art history and two AP classes and studio art and public art and fashion, everything. Wow. So um yeah, I kind of transitioned out of that a couple years before COVID um, and moved back here and really just felt like, It's kind of tough. I feel like people think that being an art teacher is the most creative job you could have. But when you're planning every single day for anticipating every mistake that a student could make or, you know, making sure that everything is as clean as possible and the materials that they're using don't get everywhere. It's just really, it's a lot more of a type A kind of job than... A creative job and Mm. I wasn't really able to be creative, but my students were. So I really wanted to find something to embrace my own creativity again.
1: Mm. So what made you decide to go into designing accessories? Like did a light bulb just go on one day and say, this is what I want to do. What sparked that?
2: So I think, I mean, I always kind of did it and was always kind of into sewing, but I did it as a hobby in my last 2 years of teaching and especially during the summers when we had a month off or so, and I started doing it for my friends and for myself and then like everyone really liked it, so I started a website that was just kind of a way for me to step away from my teacher role which was kind of all consuming mm-hmm. and you know, do something that I really, really enjoyed. So when I stopped teaching, I was moving back to Maine. And I had a couple months before I moved. And I just thought, what better time to try this. Mm -hmm. And then if I don't like it, or it fails, or something goes wrong, or something, I can change things. And I have time before I have to apply for jobs, but then COVID hit. So I really it was really my only option at that point. So it was actually really interesting timing to move back here, but I think it all happened for a reason, for sure. Wow.
1: So I want to go back to the math piece, the math teacher piece. (laughs) Being a math teacher, that must (laughs) have, utilizing that skill must have had, or did it have, you know, an, an advantage when it came to design?
2: I think I did. I really was placed teaching math and hadn't taken, you know, a, calculus class since I was in high school and had to kind of reteach myself all of that. So when I was assigned to teach math, I really utilized the art portion and was really trying to bring art into my math classroom with like Leonardo da Vinci and all sorts of different Renaissance artists and even bringing like some science in just because I think that it really Makes it kind of, I mean, it's a more holistic approach to education, yeah. but I definitely utilize it for everything I do now, especially kind of at a really, really basic level. But one of the collections that I did for New York Fashion Week was based on geometry. So it's really fun to play with, especially when I'm creating my own templates and my own designs, I'm really literally cutting and pasting pieces of paper around and measuring and sometimes doing all of these, you know, math problems in my head. So it's kind of cool to utilize that part of what I've done in my past.
1: Yeah, that's so cool.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think it's it's going back to the it's starting an art program, which I it's one of those things I don't think of somebody like oh somebody started this art program. I just think of (laughs) well, there's always been an art program here, right?
2: Not for most, not for a lot of schools, I think.
0: True. I I guess I've just been lucky enough to to be to be in schools that always. Did that. have that? Yeah. What kind of came first? Did you feel like you had the planning skills already? That that was kind of part of your your personality or your skill set, or did you f- do you feel like you developed some skills through developing that program that then kind of come into play with what you do now and, and mm-hmm. running your own business?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's a really big parallel between not even starting the art program, but even just being a teacher at all through Teach for America and what I do now, because I really am in every job that I've ever had. I am 100% self-taught. So, I mean, with Teach for America, you do a kind of intensive program to learn essentially all of the things that you would learn if you got a master's degree in education, but you learn it all within the span of a couple of months. And they really just throw you into the classroom and you learn by doing. And so I kind of took that with me when I started this art department too. And, you know, sky's the limit for what you want to dream. And if people shut it down, they shut it down and you kind of learn to adapt. And then it's kind of the same thing with what I'm doing now. I was never you know i never like was formally taught how to sew or how to make or how to design and i've never really taken any classes for anything like that it's all been things that i have just wanted to do and mm. i just set my i set my mind to it and i just kind of go
1: that's fantastic
0: yeah, yeah. and as yeah. as someone who has been self-taught in design graphic design print layout and and even yeah. in audio and editing yeah. and things like that I can truly appreciate that and I'm I'm mm-hmm. find myself nodding along when you're just like, yeah, you just kind of yeah. get the basics <laughs> and then just dive in and well, you better start you, if you don't know how to swim yet, you better learn real quick.
2: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I but it totally kind of it, it kind of means more when you have success then, I think. It's more exciting because it's just it's something that you didn't know that you could do and it really it makes you think like, oh, I really could do anything I wanted
1: so yeah that's yeah, yeah that's cool. so true yeah. yeah it
0: is it is kind of eye-opening like oh wow at some point somebody had to be the first person to do this yeah yeah and and, and kind of figured this out on their own okay now exactly. I, gee I what's to stop me from figuring out other things and yeah it's it is a really cool thing it's it's very empowering I think
2: yeah, yeah definitely so
0: From reading your your bio and your website, it's really easy to see that sustainability is important to you on a personal level. How does that factor into your designs and your business as a whole?
2: Yeah, so I think, um, I mean, in some ways, it's much more difficult for my business to be a sustainable business. And in some ways, it's much easier. And I think originally, it just started out of necessity, because I've been living in New York and paying, you know, ridiculous rent prices and getting a relatively small salary so i really just started playing around with remnant leather and repurposed leather as a hobby because i had to and couldn't afford you know walking into mood and getting you know hundreds of dollars worth of of real leather so it kind of started as a necessity but i was really able to appreciate it and streamline it when i moved back here and started the company but i think in some ways it's difficult because i mean something as simple as finding enough materials, like that's, that's a pretty difficult thing to do, especially now that my business is growing. And then, you know, custom orders can be really difficult because people want specific colors or specific textures and patterns. And I'm basically on a big leather scavenger hunt for, (laughs) for my life. That's what I feel like. Um, so It's, you know, it's definitely difficult. It's difficult. It makes um, having an online site a little bit harder just because, you know, you really have to photograph every single angle and every single thing that you make because there might be a scratch in the leather somewhere or, you know, you really need to show it under a couple different kinds of light and stuff like that. So it's really hard to You know, it's hard to make duplicates, like every single thing that I add to my site is one of a kind. So in some ways, that's really difficult. But in a lot of ways, it's made my business easier. And also, I think more successful because the materials are relatively inexpensive and even sometimes free. And I'm able to keep prices down for me, and therefore I can keep the prices down for my customers. So, a lot of times people come into the shop and they're just shocked that a, a real leather bag is as inexpensive as it is. And I really like being able to bring that to a larger clientele. It also expands clientele because a lot of shoppers who usually shop for vegan leather bags for ethical reasons and environmental reasons don't want to purchase a, a leather bag and a lot of times this is kind of a perfect you know best of both worlds because they're able to get a real leather bag and know that they're not having to compromise their values for it and it just like it really forces me to be creative with what I have so I try to have as little waste as possible in like the fashion industry being one of the most wasteful industries. I really want to try to have little to zero waste. And so it really makes me have to use every single little piece of leather that I have. And, you know, I come up with new designs in ways to use those small pieces. So I love it's that. really, it's helpful to me too. I think sustainability is more than just saying oh yay it's great for the environment it's it's also just like a successful economic and business model and Mm -hmm. it it reaches more people and provides people to really like think about your product
1: yeah Mm -hmm. for sure i love the fact that it's one of a kind yeah you're you're getting something that nobody else has and that's just that's so cool that's it makes it really special
0: Yeah. But what I think is great, because I mean, I love I love stuff that's kind of one of a kind or you're like, oh, this is just not everybody can go to whatever store and get this exact same thing. Like you've got something that Mm -hmm. either you only have or very few people have. Mm -hmm. And there is just something kind of cool about that. But I had not thought about the actual logistical yeah. challenges of oh, oh my gosh! Now yeah. I got to make sure I have an, every angle photographed. It's under yeah. not just good light, but really, really good light, because you don't want somebody to to not see those things yeah. and right. and then be upset when they get it. Yeah. Wow. It's but, a
1: whole nother side.
0: But then also just the I love how you have how you can you can go from that whole like hey it's it's really cool because it's one of a kind, but there's also a lot of work. But then. You, you kind of pull that back up with a mindset of, but there's all these other benefits too. And mm. I, it's just such a great yeah. way of thinking about yeah. it.
2: Yeah. It really it's I mean, a great I think, model. Like a lot of businesses in the fashion industry are kind of shifting their mindset that way because they have to, because all of these studies have come out that don't look so good for that industry. So I think it's, if you're starting a company on the basis of that, you really don't have to sacrifice what you're doing or make these huge changes to a company you can really grow there's only one way to to go and that's up so yeah um, yeah
1: that's pretty cool so this is exciting so you recently had your handbags featured in new york fashion week Mm -hmm. how exciting was that and and what was that whole experience like i mean as a as starting this from the ground up to have that moment that must have been like incredible
2: Yeah, it was the most incredible experience of my, probably of my professional life. I mean, yeah, I think being a small business, you really have to learn to advocate for yourself and Mm -hmm. For your product. So I was constantly searching for opportunities and applying for things that just, I mean, at the time kind of seemed ridiculous, but you know, I would reach out to magazines and see who could promote me or my product or anything. And I happened to see just via Instagram a company called Flying Solo, which is an organization of independent designers, small independent designers who. Um, support and they support your small brand under their larger brand. Mm -hmm. And you can choose how you want to use their resources. So they have two store locations um, in New York. So you could wholesale your products in their store, um, participating in fashion week, they have a lot of PR opportunities, and they do a lot of styling for magazines and shoots. So I decided to go the fashion week route, as I think a lot of of other people would want to do. It just seemed like a really cool opportunity. So I was accepted and I had to, when I applied, I had to present a a collection of about 24 handbags um, and they were all made from really bright suede and created, you know, using like that, the geometry that I talked about earlier, really interesting shapes and color block combinations I just had so much fun with it and when they accept you, they pair you with, as an accessories designer, they pair you with um, some clothing designers and then when you arrive for styling day, you work directly with those designers to style the looks on the models. And you're really like in every aspect of putting everything together and planning for the actual show. So Mm -hmm. you have a hand in styling and what looks good on the models and you have a hand in kind of how you want your product to appear. Mm -hmm. And so I was actually originally only paired with two designers, but I... A third designer came up um, to me on the styling day and wanted to use my bags for her collection. And so it was really cool. I was—I ended up being the only designer who was in three of the four fashion shows, which wow. was incredible. Um, and it was also just cool because two of the shows were couture um, and one was ready to wear. And so it was really... It's just interesting to see how a handbag in this, you know, a one collection of handbags can really be paired with something that's as casual as like jeans and a cashmere sweater. And also this sort of extreme couture gown that looks more like art than it does fashion or than it does um, clothing. So I think it's just really a cool, it was a cool opportunity for me because I was like, oh my gosh, my bags really work with a variety of of looks and a variety of styles. And it was just so cool. And it was really cool to go through the process of there was a red carpet and press interviews, so many influencers and people coming up to you and photographers and wanting to work with you. And it was just, it was really, really cool. Plus you got to see what everyone else was making. And I think the timing couldn't have been more perfect since it was the first ever pandemic fashion show. Um, So I think I was accepted. It must've been like right after the pandemic in the spring. And then the fashion show was in September of 2020. So I mean, there was a time period where I was pretty nervous it wasn't going to happen. But I mean, we were all really locked in our houses at that point still. And I didn't have a store yet or a studio yet. So I was really just working from my apartment and I didn't have anything else to do. So I was like, I'm going to make this collection. That's amazing. So I kind of yeah, I did it all at once and it was really fun. And I was just, I just totally immersed myself in that. And it was just incredible to see it on the runway. It was like a dream come true. I
0: bet. All right. I yeah, I don't know why I just raised my hand. Maybe it's cause I'm talking to a former teacher and maybe yeah. it's just, <laughs> uh, probably because probably I'm also gonna ask a really dumb question right now, but I think I'm not the only person. I have heard the word couture many times. I yep. have no idea what it means.
2: So it means handmade, technically. Okay. But I mean, nowadays, it's not everything is like actually handmade on it. But a lot of times when you see a couture beaded gown or something on a red carpet or that, you know, Beyonce is wearing, a lot of times... People have individually stitched the beading on it and, you know, all of the, everything is fitted perfectly and done by hand and usually done directly by the designer. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. So so is that closer to like bespoke? Because I don't even know what that means either. So
2: yeah, it's based, they're very, very similar. A lot of times now in the fashion industry though, couture has really shifted its meaning to a little bit more. Similar to avant garde. So something that's just, you know, when you're watching a fashion show, and, you know, like I when I was accepted to fashion week, I think I was showing some of the previous um, videos to my dad and he was just kind of like, what I don't this no one would ever wear that. You know, like that's, that's ridiculous. You don't see people walking down, you know, the street wearing something that looks like that. And I'm like, that's not the point. So I think nowadays couture really, it really does kind of link more to avant-garde, even though they have very different meanings.
1: Yeah.
0: I just want to note that I, after 75 episodes here, I finally pulled out a, a word that has to do with fashion that Kim gave me a confused look on.
2: Yeah. (laughs) hey, I said
0: bespoke and she kind of gave me this look like what?
2: Okay. Yeah. I'm proud. 10 points (laughs) for you, honey.
0: And I'm still way behind in fashion (laughs) points, but I'm, I'm going to hang on to that one for a long time. That's great. So, uh, what were some of the, the biggest challenges that you faced in starting your own business?
2: Oh, I think it's um, determining just next steps. And I definitely feel like I'm still in the middle of those challenges. To be honest, I feel like I probably always will be, but it's just kind of trying to find a balance between challenging myself and challenging my brand without overwhelming myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And right now that's really on for just like how to expand um, how to ex- expand my brand, how to expand my number of products that I have, how to expand just in terms of my retail space, everything. And it's tough because I have always had a lot of control over everything that I've done. And it's really tough to think about expanding and you know, you don't want to lose the, the intimacy and the factors that, of your business that are so special and unique. Mm. Mm -hmm. And right now in, you know, my small shipping container store, I have a studio in the back and a retail space in the front and people just get so excited to see me actually working in there. And so when I think about growing and think about losing that aspect, if I hired somebody or, you know, however you, however you could expand, it's just, it's tough to, to think about that. Mm -hmm. So but i think like that's part of that's definitely part of growing and some of that yeah. is me needing to change my mindset <laughs> a little bit but i do think it's it's really special to be the only person who's making these products and people can see and they know exactly where it comes from everything is very clear and there's no questions about well is was this really made here or was this actually made in a factory Mm-hmm. You know, like it's very clear, you see me making everything, people can pick out their own materials, they can look at the sewing machine that actually made it. So I think that's really right now, the biggest challenge and probably has always been just every step in how to expand and when to expand.
1: Yeah, it's a challenge for sure. So, yeah, yeah. And, and it is, it, it it, is. It, I think for most people, I yeah. mean, most entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah, those yeah. those questions don't stop.
1: Yeah, they really yeah. don't. <laughs>
0: No. Yeah. <laughs> and that is kind of cool. I like I like how the way you describe your, your workspace and retail space and how they're yeah. kind of they're they're really sort of one. It it's sort of like an open kitchen at a restaurant. Yes. Like,
2: exactly. So, yeah. Which yeah, I, I think
0: is cool, you know, even though I don't even know half of what's going on back there. But I, I just yeah. I love it, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, people get so so interested. I mean, they're also just really interested by the space, the fact that it's a an old shipping container. Um, So a lot of times, you know, it brings people in and it's just a really cool idea. And yeah, people, they get excited when they come in. So and that's what I want. I want to see them happy and think that even if they don't buy anything, think that just the experience of walking in was really cool. And, you know, that was always kind of my dream to have a studio space and retail space that were one in the same. And I actually pitched the idea to the black boxes where my store is located um, when I was still living in Brooklyn. So this was, you know, a couple years before the pandemic, and I hadn't even moved back here yet. I was just kind of like, this is my dream. So I'm just gonna reach out to people and see what the situation is. Um, and obviously there was a wait list for that space, but it just happened to be open when,
1: when I needed it to be. So that was pretty cool. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell us what advice would you give to young designers and entrepreneurs who are just getting started? If there's one piece, one piece of advice, what would that be? Yeah, I
2: think it would definitely be to make connections and to advocate for yourself. So, I mean, I think that everyone wants to help everyone else. And I think it's just really important that you reach out to people when you need help, reach out to people to get publicity, reach out to people to collaborate.
1: Mm. And
2: even people who are in a completely different field than you're in, it's really interesting to hear their perspective on what you're doing and your business, and I'm sure vice versa. So it's nice because it opens up your business to really all the directions that you could possibly go. So I think like if I hadn't have done that, I probably wouldn't ever have tried New York fashion week and going kind of the high fashion route. I wouldn't have, you know, I've tried markets and doing the makers markets and artists and fleas in Brooklyn. So going that kind of route and reaching out to people who've done that and trying retail and reaching out to, you know, retailers and wholesaling and, You kind of just have to like reach out to a bunch of people and make connections and to continue those connections as much as possible because people really do want to help each other. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The wider, the kind of the wider net you cast, the more likely you Mm. are to catch something that's good. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work and you know that it doesn't work. So you're not constantly thinking about it being a possibility or kind of like, all right, I tried that. I know that I didn't really like it or it wasn't effective or I tried to do an artist collaboration and maybe that, you know, there were issues with that or something, or, oh, I tried to go this route and change, you know, my, my customer base in this way. And if, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And you're not constantly thinking about what if.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you can at least cross that off the list. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So one of the questions that we always enjoy asking, because the the answers are always very interesting and, and varied, is how do you define success, whether it be personally, professionally, artistically, or even all three?
2: Yeah, I think for all three, I would say that it's just waking up every day and feeling happy. I think it's just still feeling so excited and inspired to do what I do, and even if you know, I have a day where I don't sell anything or I have a day where, you know, I messed up something and I get really frustrated or yeah, even if it's personally, I think just realizing the good in what you've done and how far you've come, but it's just feeling like excited to keep going and not give up.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah.
2: just being happy, really.
0: Yeah, that <laughs> as simple is, I mean, as
2: that sounds <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. If you can wake up and you don't you're not gritting your teeth going right. to work or whatever is yeah. going to help you put food on the table, that is a huge bucket it's of huge. win right there. Yeah. That is yeah I think sure.
2: that's part of why I knew I had to take at least a break from teaching, just because it was really just mentally and emotionally exhausting. And so, you know, when I started doing this, it was even if it even if i had just done it as a hobby and hadn't expanded it to be a business it made me so happy so i knew i wanted to keep doing
1: it oh, that's so good. yeah so we are inspiration junkies so another question that we always like to ask cuz there's so many different answers is who or what inspires you
2: okay so for my business and the art that i create and fashion i would definitely say the materials because if i'm not inspired by the materials that i get i can't I I won't be able to try new things mm-hmm. and that's kind of more by force, but I get so excited. And then I think for business too, just kind of style icons and trends and I'm kind of a fashion junkie and really into art history and color and everything like that. But I think for just personally, I mean, my family, <laughs> they're insanely supportive and they just inspire me to be the best version of myself and if I want to do something even if I'm really scared it's they're just so supportive and make everything so easy for me so I really couldn't I wouldn't be where I am without
1: them oh that's great yeah,
0: yeah. that, that is nice so important. to
1: have that yeah it's so yeah. important to have that yeah
0: yeah Well, Alice, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and talking with us and and sharing a lot. I think that is going to be, there's going to be a lot to chew on for our listeners and a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting tidbits, a lot of fun, and also a lot of things to, to think about for entrepreneurs and artists and designers and just in general. So thank you so much. I'll make sure that uh, in our show notes, we have a a link to your website, which also people can go to your shop on the website. I'll have a, I'll also have information on where you're located in your, it's Portland, Correct.
2: Yep, it's on Washington Avenue, Portland.
0: Okay. I, I, yes. I thought, and then I lost confidence right as I was about to say it. And I thought, you know what? I'll say that. And then, oh no, it's, it's here. Oh, okay. But I, I'll make sure I have a uh, link to uh, the, the website, your location, and also social media pages and all of that. And uh, we wish you great success in 2022.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank
2: you so much. And thank you for having me.
0: Once again, we'd like to thank our sponsor and encourage you to check them out through the link in the show notes. And thank you again for listening.